Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and this week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, have so much to talk about inside and outside the squared circle on a podcast made by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. MJF and CM Punk had what some are calling one of the hottest segments in years on AEW Dynamite last week. We'll be breaking down that confrontation and asking why it works so well and what turns this feud could end up taking next. It's old school versus new school as NXT Wargames returns to the network this weekend. We'll be talking about that, how WWE is bringing back Brock and some other big guns as we head to the turn of the year, and some more of your brilliant suggestions for the wrestling moments you can watch over and over and over again. All that and so much more coming up right now on Earning the Push. Oh, it was a bit of an all-time promo. It's their first one. It's their first one. If we, if we get a whole program of promos like this that lead to a match that is, as long as the match isn't awful, which it won't be, they can both go, this is going to be a brilliant feud, isn't it? They, they're just both so good on the mic and they were both just swinging from, swinging from the fences, weren't they? It was it was a very, very enjoyable segment to watch. It got it got the ooh reaction from me probably four or five times and it was just, it was very, very good. Very, very clever way of bringing MJF out at first, I thought, where... They didn't even have CM Punk get fully into the ring. It's teed up as a match and then his music hits. And I was surprised by how much CM Punk allowed MJF to get in, in terms of shots from the UFC career to sitting at home on your sofa. I mean, they gave it both guns to each other. There was no holding back, was there? And I think it's important that we, all, we both know how good CM Punk is on the mic. Everyone does. We've seen it for years. I think it's important early on that you establish that MJF can more than hold his own in this because otherwise it's no fun watching the big kid battle the little one, is it? You want to see two boys. It's no fun watching kids fight ever. I've come weird analogy here. It's no fun watching the massive the massive person battle the little person. You want to, have, you want to see two people who can go toe-to-toe and hold their own. And I think it's really important they established MJF as genuinely on Punk's level when it comes to promos this week, first up, and then more than did that. Were you surprised how much they gave away? Because last week we were saying how their first confrontation, they gave just one word, and then they threw everything at this segment that we've seen on Dynamite. I mean, there wasn't a reference that you didn't get in, and I was surprised by how much they went for it, given that this, you'd think, is going to be a feud that builds for at least a few more weeks. Yeah, it was a lot, and it just... You hope that they haven't they haven't given it all early. You hope that there's more to come that they've gone, well, we can give them this much because we've got X, Y, and Z still in the bank. I'm sure they have. They're two, two wrestlers who are far too good to make a mistake like that. But I remember I, I woke up Thursday, I was like, oh, they, they've actually interacted and have a watch this. I can't believe how long it was and just how good it was. Just how, how when, he, when CM Punk said you're just a less famous Miz, I honestly was like, oh, oh. He went there. Oh, brilliant. It was re- it was real heat. And, and the interesting thing for me is AEW doesn't do that that much. AEW very rarely starts with a massive promo segment to, to kick off AEW Dynamite. But it worked. And here's the question. Was that the best verbal joust, the best talky segment, either promotion this year? Now, there's been some great stuff with Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Where does this rank? That's a really good question. I've loved the Roman Brock stuff. Uh, there was good interaction between Roman and Cena going into their match. 
I say this is probably the best though, just because for a number of like it's another one of those moments where I was like, this is something I didn't think I'd ever see. Like, you know, we'd said Punk had gone from feeling really special to almost feeling a little bit like another, just another person on their roster because we were seeing him every week. This is probably the first time since those first two weeks that I was like pinching myself that we had CM Punk back in a wrestling ring because it was quintessential Punk promo, wasn't it? It was everything you love about him, everything we, we fell in love back in the early 2010s with CM Punk. This is him back doing it again. So I'd say it probably goes right at the top for me. This is something where he can get his teeth into it as well. Darby Allen was a great feud, but it was based on the fact that Punk is back and this is babyface versus babyface. The Kingston stuff we enjoyed, but as you predicted, and you're on the money at the moment, it does seem to be quite a lot of one and done for Punk. This is the first time that we've seen CM Punk on the mic with someone who could wreck him. I mean, I don't. I, I think MJF was pulling punches. I think if MJF wanted to, he could rip down CM Punk. And one thing I've heard Bully Ray talk about and Busted Open, and this is interesting, is whether that promo anywhere else but Chicago would have almost turned MJF into a, not a babyface, because you can't turn MJF babyface, I don't think, but turned him into a bit of a fan favourite. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting you say he's pulling punches, etc. And being in Chicago, obviously the, the crowd are always going to lean into Punk. The, the thing is, Punk is given whoever, if you've got the charisma and the wit and the, the mental aptitude to do it, there is enough faux pas in CM Punk's life and career that there is enough to go at. If you're, if you're willing to cross the line, if you're willing to make these comments, there's, there's enough stuff there that you can, you can have these comments now. He's, he's given you enough ammunition, you've just got to load the gun and shoot it. And I think MGF's holding a machine gun, really. Yeah, and I, what I loved as well is is he's so good, MJF. At, this sounds really strange to say, but at bailing out of the ring, that bit where he goes to the corner, yeah. he takes off his jacket, takes off the cufflinks, then just drop down and rolls out and goes, no, not today. I just thought, I mean, that is an art in itself. I, I loved everything about it, and I am curious about where they go next. And I've said a few times on this podcast, episodic storytelling, what's getting me back to AEW? I want to see what they do next. I'm now fully invested in that. I'd be shocked if MGF didn't bring a Fabergé egg in next week. <laughs> still, still with his Fabergé Sorry, egg. sorry, I can't. I was thinking about it uh, last night and I was like, I can't believe that happened. Like, I've now come full circle on such a ridiculous thing. So I just thought I had to mention it somehow. I was going to mention it later in our best moment. I was like, well, Fabergé egg probably top. But no, if MGF can, I, you know what, genuinely, Jacob, if MJF walked down to the ring next week and was holding a Fabergé egg that he pretended was worth millions, I would pop so hard for that. I would just think that was brilliant. Could I, you I, imagine? I thought we'd get through this podcast without mentioning Fabergé eggs again, but since you did, Abby on social media last week saying just what on earth was going on with the Fabergé egg at Survivor Series and the fact you loved it. That was what people couldn't understand, Charlie. No, I've come full circle now, hate it. I was in a very silly mood last week, I think. Okay, well, speaking of coming full circle, we haven't spoken a lot about NXT since it became NXT 2.0, but this weekend we have their first special since the rebrand, and it is, do you want to say it, Charlie? Do you want to give it the William Regal treatment? War Games. How often have you been saying that around your place? Mate, I've been in so much trouble this week. Because I text you, I've just been sat, this is my end of the sofa, I'm sorry, we have an L-shaped sofa, I know, we're doing well in life. And... um, (laughs) Me too, mate. We're yes. li- we live in the dream. Yes. And my other half. So she works from home. And obviously, so 
I study in the day, I do some work, but a lot of the time I'm waiting to go to training because I train at night. So I should be sat here, I should be doing something on a laptop, and I'm just trying my best to not be annoying. But this week, since I saw the announcement, I have been saying, war games, just to myself like that, probably once every half hour. And about, I think, Friday, about 4 p.m., when there was a bit of stress going because there was deadlines that had to be out by the weekend and stuff, I got a proper telling off for, Charlie, I'm trying to do my work, and you're there just saying stupid wrestling things. And I was like, okay, and trudged off upstairs by myself. I just sat in bed going, war games! <laughs> I love that now is the point that your other half, she's suddenly realising that you have a tendency to say stupid wrestling things because mm. my boyfriend, I'll walk around here and I will sing Judas or Jungle Boy just pretty much repeatedly. And he said, you're doing, you're doing it again. It is, it is what happens when you are a wrestling fan. You, you need to know that if you're going out with a wrestling fan, that's going to happen. Absolutely. And back to war games, we are seeing it. Uh, old school versus new school is a brand mm. Tomasa Champa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and L.A. Knight against Bron Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. This is um, a great, great gimmick match, an interesting pitching of the two sides here. Yeah, I really, really like it. It's almost like, why would you ignore the fact that there is this little old school, new school divide in the new NXT? There is you guys there who were in the uh, black and gold brand, and there is your new talent you've brought through in the multicolored rainbow brand. So why would you not lean into it? I really like it. I, I, I saw it again. I didn't watch it live. I woke up in the morning. I saw it. I was like, I texted you straight away. I was like, well, first of all, here's eight really good guys yep. in a really good match. And second, secondary to that, there's a really good story to tell here. There's the old school news. There's, here's the things we've been through. This isn't your NXT anymore. All this sort of stuff. There's also, as you pointed out to me on text, we've got a little DIY reunion in there. And how is that going to play out? Because every, anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much I love them and their story and just the layers. And if you think for a second they're going to get in the same match together and not do some sort of calling back to something in their past, then I think you'd be mistaken. And is there going to be a turn of one of them on the other that costs the uh, the old school the match? Because let's not forget four or five weeks ago, they teased they teased the Gargano champ a feud for the title. Don't. Don't tease me with someone like that and not give me it. So I, I could think of that. Pete Dunn's in it. I love Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn's my boy. It's interesting that LA Knight is in the old school when he, two months ago, was on the new stars. But because he came just before all the colour, he stays as old school. But I've got a lot of time for LA Knight. I think he's brilliant to watch. And to my discredit, I haven't seen enough of these new school guys. Apart from Bron Breaker, which I still can't go over that name. No. Apart from him, I haven't seen too much of these other guys because NXT probably hasn't had as much attention from me as it has in the past. So I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what these guys can do. Here's a couple of things to throw into the mix. Is this the last time we see Johnny Gargano as an NXT superstar? Now, the online scuttlebutt rumour and innuendo of which we know nothing, we are just speculating, is that he signed a contract extension to take him up to and through war games, but no further than that. Can you imagine NXT without Johnny Gargano if he chooses to explore opportunities elsewhere, which you'd have to believe would be open to him? It'd be very strange, wouldn't it? Because he's been the centre, he's caused off the heart of NXT, but he probably has been for the last three or four years. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. It's not, it's not a gimmick. He is the centre of NXT. The other thing you have to bear in mind is real-life circumstances, and obviously he's going to be a dad soon. Mm-hmm. Because I think they're... I'm not, I don't know how many months, but it's, it's in, in the not-too-distant future... Does he actually want to have some time at home where he can just enjoy being a dad before he decides what he does next? So I could absolutely believe that he's done an Adam Cole and signed an extension up to the 
pay-per-view essentially to see the story through and then go somewhere. It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens. I can't really imagine NXT without Johnny Gargano. It'd be a very, very strange setup. But could you have imagined it without Adam Cole, baby? No, very true. Very true. Could you could you imagine a lot of the things that have happened in the last two months of wrestling, Jack? This year. I mean, this whole year. There's more I want to talk about with um, NXT. But, but since we mentioned Adam Cole, and I don't know if this is going to be your earning the push, and this is where you know more than me. But did I see The Party are back together? On and just for people who don't know, explain what this is. So the party is Adam Cole, Bebe, Cesaro, Tyler Breeze, and Xavier Woods, and they're just they're obviously four very good mates, and they call themselves the party. And then obviously most people know about Woods's Up Up Down Down YouTube channel. In the first lockdown, so back in March, April time, twenty twenty, they obviously were trying to get out as much content as they could for people to keep them staying at home, and the four of them. Um, started playing Uno online together, and like they just it became the it became the highlight of my week watching them for an hour playing Uno together, and they it became this mental thing. They so I was reading about it that Cesaro Woods and Breeze are very very close, but he wasn't Woods wasn't that close to Adam Cole. They got involved with that, and now they're just four really good mates now. And basically they do loads of up up down down Uno and lots of other stuff. But then obviously with Breeze leaving, sorry Breeze being released and Cole leaving. It had to stop being put on up, up, down, down. And you read a lot on the dirt sheets about the whole politics of who owns up, up, down, down, who pays. And there's no content going out at the moment because of a bit of a legal battle with it. But I saw on Twitter last night that the four of them were doing something together on Zoom. And it just filled my heart with joy because they just seemed like four really, really nice lads. But I know that they did a lot of work in that first lockdown to bring a lot of us all over the world a little bit of joy for an hour a week. And it genuinely did. It, it made my time in that first lockdown a lot easier. We all we all found strange things to get us through, didn't we? And my routine was on a Wednesday morning before I trained. I sat for an hour and I watched them play Uno because I love Uno. Well, Uno yeah. is a great game. It was it was nice to see those four back together on Twitter. I just thought I'd throw that in there for you because I know they're your favourite things and you'd love to be part of the party if they ever needed a fifth. Now, yeah. Back to this war games. Is there war not games. an war games? Is there not an argument? that what WWE could have done is actually build the, the debut of NXT 2.0 into this storyline. I was sort of thinking, if you're going to do old school versus new school anyway, doesn't this have Invasion written all over it, where you could have kept the old NXT and then rebranded it by bringing these new people in, almost fighting for their right to be there? It seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, it really, really does. But I just think... There's just been, I can't believe we never did a proper invasion angle with NXT ever. I think 2018 NXT should have invaded the main roster. The time when they had to come on to SmackDown because of Saudi anyway, and when they, they competed at Survivor Series, I just think there was, NXT was, was the hottest thing right then. That roster was the best roster. You go, just go and watch 2018 NXT. Either the weekly program was brilliant, but their, their takeovers, just all of them were just out of the park delivering that roster should have invaded the main roster i think and that was the time to pull the trigger on that so this does scream new era invading and kicking out the old guard but i just think that the ship sailed on an nxt invasion about two and a half three years ago yeah absolutely and i don't think there's any mystery about the end result of this why rebrand nxt as nxt 2.0 i mean could you imagine if the old school came out on top with this 
Oh, it'd be incredible, wouldn't it? You'd be like, well, guys, that's not very clever storytelling. What I'd love is if the old school come out wearing black and gold gear, but yep. if the new school came out in ridiculously colourful gear as well, I'd just make it a battle of the like, give me kits. It's a battle of the colours, guys. You, you've got a real thing about these colours. Um, so we look forward to, to that War Games. Uh, we'll be talking about best wrestling moments uh, after the break. But before that, uh, let's just touch on a couple of other bits and bobs. Seems like WWE is setting a reset heading towards not just the Rumble, but their day one pay-per-view. We saw Edge return on Raw, Brock Lesnar's suspension being lifted. WWE just seems to be bringing out the big guns heading towards what is their busiest few months of the year. Yeah, I think they, they need to think. AEW's on a bit of a hot streak at the moment. And yeah, we're coming into Rumble and then we're on the road to WrestleMania, aren't we? So they need to they need to bring their big guns out. There's no point having them sat at home right now. So good to see Edge back. Looking forward to seeing Brock back this weekend uh, on Friday. He has to go straight back with Roman, surely. Surely. Like, there's yeah. nowhere else for him to land. He's not going to go and have a feud with the Mysterios, is he? Um, go and whack him in with Roman. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see what is exciting at the moment. And we spoke about this today is We've got no idea where we're heading towards mania-wise. No idea. Like, I didn't think Sami Zayn would be the number one contender for the Universal title. Mm. That was a very interesting one. I don't hate it. I'm a big Sami Zayn fan. I, I think he's brilliant. I think he's so underutilised. I think he, he could do some great storytelling and a brilliant match with this Roman. Um, their two characters are just made for each other at the moment, but I was very shocked to see that. And you know what was weird was I was actually almost disappointed when it wasn't Jeff Hardy. And I'm not a massive Jeff fan. But I was, when I thought he'd won it, I was like, yeah, okay. He's coming to the end of his career. Give him one last go. He'll have a great match, great story. There's loads we can do there. So that, and that shocked me. I did not think I'd have those feelings about watching Jeff, first of all, become the number one contender and then lose it. I, that, that shocked me. Yeah, and, and Jeff Hardy is the latest guest on the Broken Skull Sessions as well, Stone Cold. I've only seen clips. It's part of my to-do list is to sit down and watch the whole thing because no one does interviews like Stone Cold Steve Austin on the Broken Skull Sessions. I'm surprised to hear you say you're not the biggest Jeff Hardy fan because that's almost sacrilege amongst wrestling fans. He's, he's not quite your cup of tea. I don't dislike him. I just I know I know a lot of people adore Jeff Hardy, and I don't adore Jeff Hardy. I like Jeff Hardy, but I enjoy watching Jeff Hardy. I went berserk at WrestleMania 33 when the Hardy Boys came back, like everyone else did. He's just he wouldn't make my favourites list. Yeah, and we've got money in those feuds, as we know, uh, going back because we booked it, Jeff Hardy. Uh, how you would give him one last run? That is sitting in the archives for you to listen to. Uh, one final thing before the break, Walter continues to be in amazing shape have you seen the pictures on social media of his latest workout routines i mean the guy is jacked he is he is he is and i want to know why is he coming to america because because you don't do all this this late in your not this late but this far into your career he's had a he's had a hugely successful career being the man he is looking the way he is being in the shape he is in so you don't do this which is incredibly hard work and is not fun and not easy unless there is a reason. Uh, is he finally coming over to America? Because I saw someone put a list up the other day of the feuds and the matches you could have with Walter on the main roster. And oh my days. Gimme, gimme, gimme a Walter on the main roster. There's a bit of for you on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme a Walter on the main roster. I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on it. Do you want me to leave that in the edit or not? Yes, please. No, that can stay in. Don't, don't, don't you dare deprive the listeners of that. 
love wrestling? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? And if you enjoy what we do on this show, you have the power to help us grow. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen each week. Tell a mate who loves wrestling to check us out if you think they'll like what we do. And get involved. Charlie underscore Beckett and Jack underscore Murley is where you'll find us both on social media. And thank you to all the new people checking out Earning the Push each and every week. We never take you for granted. And with that said, back to the show. Let's move on to, uh, it's not really fantasy booking this week, but it was just an interesting conversation. Best wrestling moments that you can watch again and again. These aren't matches per se. They're the moments that your YouTube feed will keep throwing up and you'll get into a little bit of a YouTube hole. Um, We all have these moments, don't we? Absolutely. I've said before, the worst part of wrestling is the wrestling. Like it's, Wrestling is best with promos, with moments, with entrances. And then you're like, oh, right, okay, I will watch the match. Um, and then matches are brilliant as well. But the, the worst part of wrestling is the wrestling, hilariously. Well, this moments is, are what it's built on. It, well, it is. that They're what you remember. Now, do you want to do yours and mine this week? Do you want to do it next week? we got a load to go through. How do you want to play this? There's so many. I'll give you one this week, and I'll give you another one next week if you want. Give I'll me give your you, first. I'll give, my first is one that I will go back and rewatch probably once a month on YouTube. My, my YouTube was like, what's he doing back again on this? <laughs> um, I want to take you back to a Monday Night Raw. I can't remember. I don't know the exact date. Buckle up because we're going on the road, the road to WrestleMania 27. And it's early on the road. We've just come on. And unsurprisingly, it involves Undertaker because a lot of my favorite moments in wrestling do. And Taker comes out on a Monday Night Raw makes his full entrance, his full entrance, all the all the bells and whistles, gets them into the ring, the lights come on, and as he's about to speak, he lifts the mic to his face, Triple H's music comes on. And Triple H has his full entrance, all the bells and whistles, comes down, does his full water, and Taker's just in the ring staring at him, gets him into the ring, just squares off with Taker, looks at the WrestleMania 27 sign, looks at Undertaker, Undertaker looks at the WrestleMania 27 sign, looks at Triple H, kind of nods. Triple H steps back to the DX sign. Undertaker slits his throat, and that is it. That is how they set up Triple H versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 27, and not a single word is spoken. And it's just beautiful, I think. It gives me goosebumps because it's just two of... At that point, they are two of the biggest in the industry, two of the greatest of all time. They are in your... Mount Rushmore conversation at this point already by 2011. And they just play on that. They play on, we don't need any story to back this up right now. We will build the story. But everyone's going to go berserk because we're teeing these two up for Mania. And they don't need to say anything. We don't need to hype this up. This is Triple H versus Undertaker. And I just think, I think it's, it's absolutely less is more. And I just think it's brilliant every time I watch it. And I can picture it. And every wrestling fan listening to this can still picture that. And I think the both were coming off long layoffs as well. And it was just a spectacular moment. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I'll give you one of mine after we do some of these ones that have come in. Remember, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley on Twitter. Uh, James O'Leary uh, says, Jack, Shawn Michaels promo from uh, Montreal in 2005. I can still hear the moment where Shawn Michaels says, if Brett the Hitman heart, and then his music hits, and then Sean has tricked the crowd. That is an all-time classic moment, right? Yeah, that is trolling of the absolute highest order because they all go berserk because they think they genuinely think he's there. And you want to see a man get proper genuine heat, go and watch that. 
the best bit about that's the most memorable moment of that promo the best bit is he's feuding with hulk hogan at the time and it's where then he does it again afterwards with Hogan's music because we're all so smart. We think, oh, he's done it once. This must be Hogan. And then Hogan doesn't come out. And you think, oh, that little six-week heel run for Shawn Michaels was, was incredible back in 2005. Uh, Michael says, I'm giving you a few. Uh, Jeff Hardy being speared at WrestleMania 17. Uh, it's in a match, but it's a moment. I think we'll allow that. The Festival of Friendship. Pentagon oh. Jr. breaking arms in Lucha Underground. Uh, Grado beating Drew Galloway for the ICW title at Fear and Loathing. And American Alpha winning the NXT tag titles over Revival, I think. All amazing moments. The moment he's done two title changes there, they are that moment where you finally see the team or the babyface you've been cheering, chasing a title, when you finally see them win at that moment of sheer adulation. is right. And we saw it... Um, Full gear recent didn't with with um, Adam Page like they are the moment as wrestling fans you're invested and the investment pays off it's worth it so they are just when you hear a crowd go berserk for just sheer joy of a moment they are such brilliant moments those ones. Uh, Luke says it's sort of a match I guess but it always feels like a moment in my mind when Dolph Ziggler cashes in on Alberto Del Rio on the Raw after WrestleMania that I think might take your pick between Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler, Rollins at WrestleMania and Ziggler on the night after that mania. Best cash-ins ever? Yes. Uh, yeah. That Dolph one, just for... Because if you watch wrestling now, you're like, Dolph Ziggler. But back there, 2011, Dolph Ziggler was the man. He was so hot. He was Everyone wanted him to win. And it was a great moment. He, everyone went berserk when he came and cashed that in. I still, purely for nostalgia value, my favourite cash is the first one. Yeah. I love the first one, A New Year's Revolution 2006. It's about that no one really knew how it was going to work. We had this briefcase, and I was like, how, how is this going to work? And of course, how it worked was Vince was involved. Yeah. Of course, Edge walked out onto the stage, and I remember, what would I have been then? 11. So I was outraged, because Johnson has just gone through a um, he's gone through an elimination chamber. Yeah. He's beating the blue. Like, this is unfair. This, this isn't fair. No, 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 no. This is how you should lose a title. It, it worked to a T on me, that cash in. And Edge comes out, and Edge was so hateable back then. And he just hands it over to Vince at the top of the ramp, and it just the smile on his face, he walks down hand-in-hand hand with Lita. It's just the whole thing is just... So probably for a nostalgia value, that's my favourite one. Dolph Swan gets the biggest pop, and Seth is the most shocking, I think, because we'd never seen it in a match before. That was the first time we'd seen that. And, and WrestleMania, the main event as well. Interesting, I was talking to one of one of my best mates who also watches wrestling, but sort of dips in and out. And he was saying to me, I cannot stand the money in the bank gimmick. And he's the first person I've ever met who... Now, I can understand people feeling it's been devalued. I can understand people feeling it's not been used in the right way. But he said, nope, doesn't make any sense to me. Why would someone ever be given these stakes? Why would anyone ever agree with it? I, I just, I cannot get behind it it's played out i never want to see another money in the bank cash in and i had to say to him mate i think you're alone in that or there's a you're not in the majority because i love it it's also a dangerous game to start saying you don't like something in wrestling because it doesn't make sense <laughs> that's a uh, you if you start doing that you're gonna you're gonna stop enjoying wrestling pretty quickly and um, i understand more recent fans not loving it the way old fans do longer term fans do because the last few years have not been good for the money in the bank there has not been a even Big E this year, he was telling everyone he was going to... There's no shock factor to a cash anymore. It has been devalued in the last few years. I can't remember the last good cash-in. 
I very much like the money in the bank. I just think it's at its best when it's with a heel. When it's with a Edge or a Seth Rollins when he was back as a heel, those people that that's when it's at its best. So oh, how good would MJF be with the money in the bank? I was just about to say, isn't this a gimmick that is built for MJF? I mean, I want him to stay in AEW, but man, if AEW could rip off money in the bank or do something like that, because it would it and what it does do is it it elevates those people. I know that's obvious, but the idea of seeing Edge with the WWE title over his shoulder, I couldn't picture till he'd had it via the money in the bank. Same with Big E. It gives you that get-out-of-jail-free card to get people that visual, to get them in the title frame who otherwise wouldn't get there. My favourite thing about Money in the Bank is the fact that it was it was called Money in the Bank because when it originally came out was that you also got, was it a million or what was it they said you got in your bank account for winning as well? And everyone forgets that. that and then you just carry it. Also, the, it's just so funny. They carry it round. Like, yeah. If you've got a contract, you'd have to carry it round everywhere. Like, I don't walk round the rugby club with my contract of employment. I like, just remind everyone, um, I am I am employed here. Here's my contract. I've got it in a briefcase. I, I just think it's brilliant. It's, it's just so funny. It's so funny. I love it. Uh, but yeah, if ever a gimmick was made for a wrestler, money in the bank for MJF. And probably, I just need, come on, Tony, let's have um, let's have cash in the building society. And let's, um, <laughs> let's get a... We'll get a bag, not a briefcase, and MJF can carry a bag around and cash it in at some point. Like a big bag of change, like you take to Asda yeah, to yeah, get, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. cashing in his premium bonds. Uh, yes. Scott says, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26, a build to that, pretty much any build featuring CM Punk, but especially Cena, Money in the Bank 11. Uh, also love the Punk-Hardy feud back on SmackDown in the day. Uh, Dave's, uh, now I like Dave's ones because I think these give you the emotional rush. Um, the Royal Rumble countdown clock, the Bushwhackers entrance theme, but the Rock's entrance theme as well. And I think there's something to that. The moment that someone's mm. entrance hits unexpectedly, mm. that is that is a moment as fans. Yeah, and the best entrances, I think I saw you having this conversation on Twitter this week, and you're right, are the ones that start with a soundbite. Something at the start, you know, bang, it's Wrestler X. So can you smell the glass shattering, the Rock's weird thing at the start, but I don't know how to describe it the gong, all these things. I, I remember any time I was watching SmackDown on Friday night when I was younger and the lights went out, I would lose my mind. Like Things like that, that you know what it means. It can only mean one thing and the excitement builds for it. Yeah, they are, they are brilliant wrestling moments. And we'll do one more for this week. We've got loads to do next week, so don't worry if we haven't got you this week. We'll carry them over. Um, Gerald says, uh, here's a few, and these are all Divas related. Trish interrupting Lita and Kane's wedding. AJ Lee's pipe bomb on the Total Divas cast, Mickey James dressing as Trish, kidnapping Ashley, Caitlin and AJ's contract signing, which resulted in AJ getting speared. Now, I hadn't remembered AJ Lee's pipe bomb on the Total Divas cast until someone said, till Gerald said it there. And then I go back and I think, oh, that was stiff. When she told Nikki Bella that talent couldn't be sexually transmitted, oh, you're like, Jesus, AJ, CM Punk put a pipe bomb on, but you aren't messing either. She does not hold back. Imagine when those two argue at home. <laughs> so I've never thought of this. Imagine when CM Punk and AJ Lee argue at home. It must be horrible. They must not speak for weeks. Do you think one of them has a gripe and starts and then the entrance music of the other plays and they enter the room? 
And they're like, I was in the back yeah. hearing you talk about the dishwasher not being emptied. And I'm here to say. Rather than go into that, I'm like, I've got an issue. They just go out back into the garden and start talking to the abyss about each other. Yeah. And then the one comes out into the, yes, absolutely, that's how it works. How underrated was AJ Lee? I mean, you never want to say, take this person from era X and put them in era Y. I mean, she was so good in every role you put her in, mm. from, from that sort of Divas champion role to the raw general manager at the time to the psychotic sort of element. She, When she would come out and do that little skip round, mm. sensational. She was, she was outstanding. And how much do you think Tony Khan wants her to come into AEW? Whether he's saying it, whether he's playing glad, or how much does he want CM Punk to come to him and be like, Tony, AJ's wondering. Yes, whatever she wants, whatever she wants, however you want. Anything, yeah. even in a manager role, anything, because that will get eyes on your product. And she could go in the ring as well. She was, I think she's criminally underrated, actually. I, I think there are a few people from that era where you would look back and you'd say, they actually deserve more credit than they get. Uh, so lots more of these to come next week. Uh, since we mentioned AEW, let's just send uh, a little bit of love towards uh, Jim Ross, one of my personal heroes. Uh, anyone who loves wrestling has to have love from Jim Ross. He won't uh, be on the Dynamite commentary team until we think Christmas time as he takes time off to have uh, some skin cancer issues treated. We all send him our best, Charlie. Absolutely. The the goat of, uh, of commentary. So get better soon, Jim, and get yourself back in that booth, mate. So let's send something from everyday life back to developmental and let's give something the push. Uh, a few people, by the way, from last week, uh, drawing issue uh, with the TLC 10-man match we booked for AEW and also some people drawing issue with me saying I didn't want honey with my parsnips uh, from a couple of weeks back as well. So if you have any feedback, wrestling-related or otherwise, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. This, this was um, Ryan, one of our newer listeners, who could not believe that I didn't put honey with parsnips when we were talking about roast meals. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Brian. Like, parsnips roasted honey are delicious. Get it on okay. parsnips. What do you want to send back to developmental and what do you want to give the push to? Bads of a month, you've actually already um, mentioned it today and it was a late one for me because I had to do it this morning before we recorded. And I was just like, you get, you get no thanks for this in life. It needs to be done, but it's a thankful task, a thankless task, sorry. It's emptying the dishwasher. It's just, it's part of my morning routine. I do it most mornings because we put the dishwasher on overnight and I'm up first, so I'm the dishwasher. I don't mind it, it's just a job I do. I'm doing it, I'm being like, this takes a good five or 10 minutes because then you, and also, why does something not dry properly the dishwasher? Then I've got to get the tea towel out and dry it. So I'm just like, this is an absolutely thankless task. And then genuinely, one of the mugs I put away, I then thought, right, okay, now I make my coffee. And I get it straight back out of the cupboard and use it again. And it's just a never ending cycle of loading and emptying the dishwasher. So our last flat didn't have a dishwasher and I really missed a dishwasher. So I love dishwashers. I just wish somehow they would self-empty. Yeah, I think that what no one tells you when you're an adult as well is that your life is just a constant stream of either, if you're lucky enough to have a dishwasher, emptying it, loading it, but mostly just doing a wash. Yeah. That is, that is yeah. really what you spend most of your adult life doing, either loading washing in, taking washing out, pegging it out, folding it, then, and you being a pro athlete must have more washing than most to do. I go through most days, I genuinely wear three different lots of clothes because I have my gym session in the morning, then clothes, and then my training kit at the night. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I never stop washing. I'm so with you on that one as well. Just, just mundane daily chores that need to be done. And you don't, you just, you feel like now and again, you'd like someone to give you a pat on the back for them. Not, not someone you live with because you both do your own bit. We both do share it. Just, 
you'd like someone to come, give you a call, like, hey, you've done a dishwasher and three lots of washes today. Well done. That's really good. I'm like, thank you. So, yeah, mundane, yeah, forget the dishwasher, just mundane daily chores that need to be done again, going back to that mental for me. And what's getting the push? The push from me this week is anybody who had to be outside in that storm at the weekend. Ooh. Well done. Yes. Well done, because that was hideous. And, yeah, someone say, Charlie, wasn't that you? Aren't you giving yourself the push here because you played? And I'm going to say, yes, and you know what? I deserve it. Because that weather was it. I saw you out in it because a tree yeah. fell over. Well, not fell over, was blown over and you couldn't get to work. Yeah. And you had to walk up a uh, hill to take a video of it. I saw that. So yep. anyone who was outside in that, if you ha- if you outside and you didn't have to be, you're an idiot. Stay inside and stay safe. If you had to be outside at the weekend, you get a big round of applause and pat on the back for me because it was horrible. And and playing rugby in those conditions. Yeah, I mean, I, I had to make my way in through some down trees, back ways to work, but then I got to sit inside playing rugby in those conditions how did you even get a game to happen because i know we both used to spend some time in the channel islands and i know two teams we're both familiar with had their game in the channel islands 50 mile an hour wins i think it was Mm. pointless at half time i mean Mm. how do you even play in it it's that's the one thing i hate in rugby is the wind i don't mind the rain because the rain is the same for both sides i don't want the cold when the wind is going to we had it we can straight down the pitch you it ruins the game because you can't play into it you can't kick into it. You can't line out to ruins because you can't throw it straight. So wind is annoying. Um, you just you make do, don't you? It's not those like a load of people. It's an amateur rugby club. We haven't got we. It's pretty open where we play, and you stand on a bank. Like there's a few hundred people sit out to watch it, and I felt like going over to them going, guys, thanks for coming, but why did you? Today is awful. Stay inside. Like if we played in front of no one, I wouldn't have been bothered the weekend because we would have said fair play, clever people. You stayed at home. What you need is a Thunderdome for those yes, situations. Yes, the bad weather Thunderdome. I will have a word with the RFU. Uh, back to developmental for me. I am sending uh, Delta and Omicron. They're yes. both going back oh, to developmental. Go away. I thought we were done with new variants. And then someone's going, oh, no, let me introduce you. You've met our beautiful children, Alpha, Beta and Delta. Welcome to Omicron. Omicron's ever so talented at avoiding all the vaccines. And you think, oh, for God's sake. Where have they made the name Omicron from as well? It's, it's a Greek letter. So is it? All... I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. So oh, what they're okay. doing is, is uh, instead of saying it's uh, the Beckett variant, the Merley mm. variant, they're giving them all Greek letters. So Omicron is what we're going for. Um, so just this, just any mutation, get in the bin, done with that. Can we have some normality back, please? So follow all the guidelines wherever you listen, do the sensible things, get the jabs in your arm, all that type of thing. But I'm just bored, bored of next slide, please. Bored of variants. Oh, God, if I hear next slide, please, again. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. If I have to hear that again, I might self-combust. It was, I didn't think that I'd be heading into Christmas and be hearing next slide, please, before Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh, God, I heard Christmas. Sorry, that's another one. It's too early. I I should have sent back to that. Sorry, now you've got me going on this. It's November. It's too early. You've got your tree up. I know you have. Earning the push for me. Oh, no. Is putting the Christmas tree up is putting the Christmas tree up. And I stand by this. I, su- I genuinely didn't know. Just so everyone knows, I genuinely didn't know this is what he was giving the push this week. I did, he's, I did not know this, and he's sitting very smugly because we think very differently about this myself and Mr. Marley. Charlie, I don't know what your girlfriend is like, but let me tell you this. Sometimes it is easier in life when your other half says, let's put the Christmas tree up, 
just to say, fine, we'll put the Christmas tree up now. And we had this conversation yesterday. So our Christmas tree has gone up. We had the Christmas music playing. And you know what? I'm glad. It adds a little bit of sparkle to the place. I'm happy to see it. When's yours going up? We've ordered ours. I know ours is ordered. Have you oh, got are a you real? Get... Are you a real or a faker? We're a fake one. We've oh, we've gone one. real. We've gone real. We've got a six footer coming from the corner of this room. And brilliantly, how did we measure the six foot? I stood in the corner and we just <laughs> four inches off. Uh, my brother half was like, how big six foot? She's like, I get the tape measure. I was like, don't be stupid. I went and stood there. I was like, just a little bit smaller than me. She was like, right, that's the size we're going for. Ours is ordered. Um, I don't know when we're picking it up because they don't, COVID, they can't deliver this year. What? What do you mean you can't deliver my tree? Why do I have to come and pick it up? What? What? Do you carry COVID in the tree car? Like, what? <laughs> what? What? So I've got to go and pick it up. I'm going to choose a day. And then once we've got it, it'll be up. I'm, I am all, next week, I'll be in my Christmas jumper. It's December. Bring on Christmas. But until midnight, so this is the 30th of November. Until midnight tonight, I do not want to. I walked to the gym at the rugby club yesterday, and all I want for Christmas was you on, and I walked straight out. I was like, I'm not having this. It's too oh, early. Just just go with it. Just because when this is released, where it will be December, you will sound like the Grinch, and I will sound like Mr. Festive Cheer. So I, I am all for it. Um, What do you have for your Christmas meal, by the way? Because do you, do you, you must have to be more disciplined being a pro athlete. Normally, I let myself go on Christmas. Normally, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, it's Christmas. Jesus is on this. <laughs> Jesus would want this. Jesus would want me to celebrate his birthday properly. Okay. Uh, but this year, I am playing on Boxing Day. Oh, mate. Oh, no, no, no. So I'm going to have to have a turkey pasta bake or something stupid like that. I don't know. I have, I've tried to avoid thinking about it. And, of course, it's the first time in a fair few years that my grandma is hosting Christmas. And she does the best Christmas. And I had to ring her a few weeks ago and tell her this. And she said, oh, well, child, two or three, le- uh, what did you say? Two or three drinks less for you then. I said, no, no. I said, no, Mama, I, I'm not drinking. Like, I, she went, well, you can have a few. I said, I'm playing the next day. She's like, well, I'll still fill you up loads of air. I said, no. I said, I feel sick most days after Christmas. Most boxing days, I wake up and I go, oh, my God. I said, I can't do that. She's like, well, we'll see. I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. Who do you fear more, your director of rugby or your grandmother? Because that's really the only choice that matters here. I think everyone knows that. I'll be absolutely smashed on Christmas and full of food. Uh, I won't be. If anyone's listening, I won't be. I'll be very good. He'll be very good. He will behave himself. Uh, So look, that sort of brings us towards a close on this episode. Next week, we have got part two of Best Moments in Wrestling. It will be December as well. We'll be doing a year-end wrap-up at some point as we head towards uh, the end of 2021. Before we go, Charlie, what will we be talking about Brock Lesnar having done when we meet next time? Surely... There's got to be physicality or something with Roman and Paul. I want to see Brock just tear the place apart. I love when Brock goes on a rampage. Just, I want to see him tear the place apart. I don't really know why. I don't know. He's got to be... He has to be going for Roman and Paul. There's nothing else, is there? Like, there's nothing else for him there. So I'll be very interested to see how they intertwine him into the storyline of Sami Zayn being the number contender. That'll be very interesting. Yep, very, very intriguing. As always, this show is by fans for fans. So uh, make sure to continue rating, reviewing, subscribing wherever you listen. Get in touch, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. Next week, more best moments in wrestling and whatever else catches our eye inside the world of the squared circle between now and then. But until then, for myself and Charlie, bye-bye. Bye-bye.